When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hot. Body Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Lifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along. It's the Monday morning episode. First of all, before we go any further, um, you might well be aware of this if you're going to come to our Sunderland based Christmas party at Pop Rex tomorrow evening. We've decided, sadly, we're going to postpone it. Uh, the Omicron thing looks like it's spreading like wildfire. And we wouldn't want uh, to infect a room full of people who just want to have a good time and don't want to spend their Christmas ill or pass it on to their granny who might die. You know. Yeah, and I also think if some massive... people if some people have it or some people are worried about getting it, understandably, the people could stay away, but they've already bought a ticket, and that's a shame. Mm. So it's better if we do it at a safer time where everyone feels comfortable with attending. And yeah. so you still get your money's worth, but we'll do it at such a time in the new year where yeah. all this stuff is gone. We're out the other end and everyone can feel because then we can run and dance and sing and hug and kiss. And f- Although, and frolic. side note, don't don't hug or kiss us. Don't hug and kiss us. Just keep but away each from other. us. You can hug and kiss each fine. other by all means. Yeah, whatever you want to do, fine. Uh, be great. So we'll if, have you ever thought about, do you remember one of our greatest ever moments as a podcast mm. was when... There were two cunters dads next to each other in a maternity <laughs> ward. Yes. yes. And I can't remember, but one of them said, as the baby was born, one of them said a <laughs> top flight time machine saying, and the other dad heard it from behind the curtain and responded. Yeah. It wasn't as the baby was born. One of them was been wheeled off. The, the, the mother-to-be was being wheeled off to the delivery room from the ward. Oh, yeah. And I think he said he said something like, this is it, or something uh, like that. Or TTFN dickhead, maybe or not. Something like that. And maybe the other guy overheard it and, and went TTFN dickheads or something like that. So there was a there was an exchange. Or maybe, of, maybe they went, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we yeah. go. And the other dad shouted this shit. So that was one of our greatest moments. If you're listening, if you're either of those men and we've got it wrong, then please remind us. But that was really great. That was a few years ago now. But have it you was. ever thought about, I've I've only just thought about it now for the first time, two cunters getting together via the podcast yeah Uh, a cunter and a cuntress or two cunters or two cuntresses we are of course abroad uh, we're very welcoming to the LGBTQ plus community Um, so whatever your sexuality it would be lovely for a couple or you know like when you you don't even you don't even need to be human if you're an animal yeah, I know we have a lot of animal listeners, particularly cats. There's loads the of animal cats kingdom. that listen. Yeah, it is a kingdom as well, isn't it? Yeah, there's a huge number of cats who tune in, um, mainly as a result of the fat black cat incident from a couple yeah. of years ago. That got a lot really, of new listeners. That went viral amongst the cat community. We got a lot of new listeners in the feline community because of that, yeah. Yeah, and um, um, 
Yeah, and so it would just be nice because you remember Scylla on on uh, Blind Edge. She used to always say, "Oh, is it time for me to buy a new hat?" Didn't she? Yeah. When she thought two of them were getting married, yeah. sometimes people would get married. Come on, so come on, let that be one of the goals for our fa- the the, cunt, the top flight time machine family, mm-hmm. which is what it is. Mm-hmm. Let's in twenty twenty two make our goal to create the first counter couple by the way though if you're already a counter couple i know there's many couples who listen to this podcast together Mm. right um i'm not saying they do so whilst making love that's their business they wouldn't be surprised if they did though i wouldn't blame them (laughs) we wouldn't be surprised let's just say we have that in mind when we record (laughs) there are some episodes you know what i i I don't know why i'm saying this yeah go on go on I was, was going to say, say if can... you've ever had sex to yeah. the soundtrack of this podcast, <laughs> then let me know. Then let us know. There are. But I don't know why. I don't really want to know. I've just said that because it's amused me to say it. There, there, there are some episodes where we specifically try to arouse the listeners, not mm. directly, but there's a kind of, we, we go into an episode knowing that we want to arouse them and maybe to get them to make sweet, sweet love during there's a, there's or after. Su- there's a and, and what happens is, bef- before the episode begins, I'll say to you or you'll say to me, I'll say, Sam, let's turn them on. <laughs> That's what Andy sometimes say that says to me. to me. And then and he then presses we, record and I know what it means. Yeah. It's a bit like the Beatles had hidden messages, didn't they? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, allegedly they had messages in their songs mm. telling people to kill for instance. Well, lots of groups do. Yeah, they put them in backwards, don't they? And you've they got put to put them in backwards, backwards and, and they that, get satanic messages. Think, uh, they say they do it for the banter, but sometimes it actually does lead to murders, which is awful. We don't mm. do that. We're all about... We sometimes do put in... Like, for instance, if you play these backwards, any of these podcasts, a lot of them are just like sex noises. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, a lot of people know this already. I think I've seen it talked about on the, the Facebook group. On the forums. But, but um, yeah... I found that email about the the the, uh, the delivery room. Shall I read it out? Yeah. It came from Josh, and he said, "This is in September 2019." Oh, I remember that the before times. He said, um, "Thursday, me and my wife went into St James's Hospital in Leeds to be induced for the birth of my baby girl. My girl is healthy and beautiful. My wife is doing fine. But anyway, fuck all that bollocks." He says. Uh, something happened when we were on the antenatal ward that I just have to share to you. We were sharing a ward with three other couples who were being induced. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see them or get to know them, as we all had our curtains closed and were respecting each other's privacy. We'd been on the antenatal ward for two days, when my wife's waters finally broke. When the midwife came with a wheelchair to take us to the delivery suite, I, all of a sudden, got excited and said, Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! And my wife gave me the oddest look she's ever given me. But, as we were being wheeled out of the room, a voice from behind one of the curtains shouted, TTFN, dickhead. Oh, <laughs> that was it. That, that was is, it. That was when we knew, that was when we write the book, our memoir about this podcast, That that's <clears throat> one of the key moments where you think, hang on, yeah. we're breaking through here. Like 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 Josh's wife's waters, we had broken. We'd broken we through were, at we that point. Bro- yeah, we, were, we had broken like some vaginal waters. The Are waters were literal waters? and metaphorical, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, 
Yeah, you'd I'll just, like, I'll just and, finish and the email. Josh, Josh says, I was pissing myself laughing. If it wasn't for the current situation of my wife going into labour, I would have stayed to get his name and give a proper shout out. If he's listening, which he probably is, I'd just like to say a massive thank you for making me laugh so much at a time when deep down I was petrified. Huge respect to the St. James's Hospital Cuntner. So those those babies will now be two, two years and two months almost. So that they're, they're little toddlers now. Those babies are our babies too. They're our babies. Yeah, we own them pretty much. <laughs> they're our so, babies. Give them to us. <laughs> no, we don't want them. Present them to no. us. But we are not, we're not financially responsible for them. I must stress no, no, that. No, there's, there's no DNA link at all. It's just... Um, but spiritually, they are ours as much as <laughs> yours. So This is how on. cults begin. This is how cults begin, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? I think. So yeah, those babies are now two. They'll be toddling around all over the place. That's really good to know. Oh, I'll so get don't in know... touch. Those either of those dads. Yeah, if be you that other dad from you again. Mm-hmm. Let Here us know. And let us know how on. the kids are doing because we we feel as though they're the closest we've got to podcast kids. Pod kids. Pod kids. So far, but uh, yeah, we it'll be great if people got together as a result of this podcast and then had babies. Uh, which and then, then we owned the would, babies. They would, they would literally be ours. Yeah, legally. So, um, yeah. How did we get to that? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't like that stuff. Oh, I've got a couple of bits of music content to tell you about, if that's all right. please do. Music-adjacent content, Mm -hmm. let's say. One's very short, one's a bit longer. I'll start with the short Mm -hmm. one. Um, I noticed on Spotify alerted me today that Paul Weller has released a new album, which is an orchestral interpretation of some of his favourite tracks from across the years. Yeah. So he's re-recorded, but with a huge, mad, indulgent mm-hmm. orchestra. And they're yeah. new versions of famous songs. Anyway, one of them is You're the Best Thing. And he's mm-hmm. recorded that with none other than Boy George. Oh, Big right. fan Boy George, sure you are too. Mm-hmm. So I thought mm-hmm. that's a wonderful combination. Yeah. Paul Weller's got a nice voice, hasn't he? But it's not like Boy George's voice. Boy George's got a sweet voice. He's got such a sweet voice. <laughs> um, recently, I I put on one of the uh, Turbo Counter episodes. If you want to listen to our music shows that we do, you have to subscribe to Turbo Level. Um, and we do do music shows, both of us. And one of mine, I did play Victims by Culture Club. Oh, nice one. It's such a beautiful song, isn't it? And yeah. it popped back into my head. And then I ended up listening to all that album, Colour by Numbers. And I wasn't actually that familiar with it. I'm sure you are. But it, the whole fucking album's amazing, mate. I never had that album at the time. It was just one of the ones that passed me by. But, I mean, all, all the singles from it are really good. Has it got yeah. Karma Chameleon on? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, it has, yeah. Apart from it that. has. It's got Victims <laughs> and Karma Chameleon. Karma Chameleon's yeah. all right, I think. But it's, I not, yeah, it's probably their worst. It too much. It's their yeah. worst hit. Do You Really Want to yeah. Hurt Me is their better famous song, Oh, yeah. Anyway, none of that is the point. Sorry, although I would say to any cunters then you know get on spotify or however you listen to music and listen to color by numbers it's good this orchestral version of paul weller it just popped up it just said my spotify someone just went oi saying this is out you might want to listen to that we've noticed you listen to the style council sometimes <laughs> so he'd done you're the best thing with boy george so that was the first one i skipped to because you know me i'm very impatient i'm not going to listen to the other <laughs> what's the really? best one that one <laughs> bang right. which one suits my needs the most that one now yeah <laughs> anyway it's quite a good version 
But it just reminded me of a funny thing is that when I was a kid and that song was in the charts and on the radio, do you know what I thought he was singing, Andy? I've, I always thought he was singing. And I guess I was eight or nine when it came out, right? I thought he was singing, you're the best thing that ever happened to me and my wife. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't sound anything like that, does it? No, to me or my wife. So it's like he's going... Oh, you're the best thing that ever happened to me, or, for that matter, my wife and all. Both of us. And I used to think, what the fuck is this? What's going on in Paul Weller's life? I mean, I was sentient enough to understand who Paul Weller was, right? I knew a little bit of his backstory, even at age eight. And I was like, what the fuck's going on with this mad cunt? He's broken up the jam, and now he's got himself in some sort of mess in his personal life, whereby, what, he's having an affair? But he's almost brought a third party into the marriage. I was I was sexually naive, but you know when you're a kid, even though you don't understand sex and yeah. adults' love lives, you sort of have a creeping fucking sense of what's wrong and right, don't you? Oh, that's a, it's a phrase you would hear around the place, isn't it, when you were that age? And my wife, you know, me and my wife, my lovely wife. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm a lovely wife, Julie. <laughs> sort of like that. <laughs> Yeah, but in those days, that reminds me, this morning I received a Christmas card. And I'm actually going to take this up, my sister. I'm pretty sure she doesn't ever listen to podcasts, so I think I'm on safe ground. Right. But my elder sister sent me, and uh, at me and which, well, I received a Christmas card this morning, obviously mm. to the whole family, from her and her whole family. But it was addressed to Mr. and Mrs. S. Delaney. Oh, that's very formal in 1970s. I thought isn't to it? myself, what the fuck? Well, what's going on here? I, I, I mean, for a start, my wife rarely uses my surname for good reason. I think, you know, she's yeah, she looked, kind of sheepish about the whole marriage situation. Detach herself from you, really? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't think she's like, I don't think the fact that she's married to me is something that she broadcasts from the rooftops, and understandably no. so. And she usually goes by her maiden name. Um, I was astonished. That feels very old-fashioned, doesn't it, Mister and Missus Estelaney? Don't you think that's strange? Very much so. That's very much of, of the uh, of the past. That kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, pff, I don't. And know. your property, Mister Delaney, and his property. Your chattel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it sort of ties into you're the best thing that ever happened to me or my wife. Both. Are, I can speak on her behalf. Yeah. She, I think I, I speak for both of us. We speak as one. Yeah. Myself and Mrs. Weller. When I say you are easily the, the best thing Mrs. that's Weller. ever happened to either of us. And his wife's in the background. Uh, but uh, not to me. Shut up, darling. I'm actually, speaking. Actually, Paul. No. Silence, DC Lee. I am explaining <laughs> that this woman, this wonderful woman, who I've been making love to behind your back... It's the best thing that's happened to either me or you. Oh, my wife. And it really ha- it is the best thing that's happened to you, darling, because it's given me a new lease of life, which in turn has made our home life easier and better. So the, think on. That's why I've written a, this song for both of us. It's been a massive stress relief for myself, yeah, which exactly. makes everything around it's the It's made me feel alive and virile and dynamic again. And that can only be a good thing for you and the kids. <laughs> it's been a real boon creatively which means I'm writing better songs which means we're making more money <laughs> I'll say this I feel like I'm 19 again it's fantastic it really uh, is so you know I I think it's absolutely fair that I have sung on your behalf that 
this woman is the best thing that's happened to <laughs> you and I ever. Okay, next question. So that's my first music thing. <laughs> Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Jalapeño. The second thing also involves a iconic <laughs> singer who had some of their golden years in the 80s. It was late. I was awake in the night because I've had this bad cold that's been hanging around for a few days now. So sometimes you wake up a bit snuffly. Mm. I was a bit snuffly. So I woke up and I thought, right, the only way I can get Mm. back to sleep if I wake up in the night, which is rare, is read a book. But my Kindle, there was nothing. I'd just finished a book and there was nothing much I was in the mood for. So I started scrolling through the old library because very often I find Mm. old books that I've downloaded on a whim because you get deal of the day on Amazon where there's books going for a pound. And uh, sometimes you just, you buy just, them, don't you? You yeah. just do a load of them. I'll read that at yeah, some point. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm scrolling for I didn't feel like starting a novel. I'd just finished one. I just want something easy to read. And then I stumble across a book by the name of I Talk Too Much. Does that ring any bells to you? I've not heard of it. It seems it's like the a autobiography, for a book. It's the autobiography of one Francis Rossi out of status quo. Oh, I own this. I got this in book form for two ninety nine. Okay, uh, well, not too long ago. It looks excellent. In the world of now, I think anyone who knows you or I wouldn't—it goes without saying—that status quo is very much not to our musical taste, either of us. You oh, could so, almost say no, it's no, almost no, the opposite. I wouldn't say not not completely. A lot of the seventy stuff's really good. Oh, I don't. And I don't some know. Of I the stuff. I know the. I. I. <clears> you know. Obviously, if I hear rocking all over the world, then like anyone with blood flowing through their veins, yeah, I will start moving in the style of status quo, legs high apart, yeah. swinging my hips yeah, from side yeah. to side, pretending to play the guitar. It was a wonderful way to start Live Aid. No one can deny that, right? Yeah. And they always seem like a nice bunch of lads, but it sort of felt like you know, the whitest music you could ever get. But anyway, look, I don't know. I had nothing personal against him. It just wasn't, I wouldn't own a status quo record. But I've always thought he seemed interesting. 
So that's why I downloaded the book. I thought, right, it's late at night. This might be an easier read. Start reading it. I'm immediately hooked. I'm immediately Excellent. hooked. In rock autobiographies, there are certain tiers. Now, there's only one book that occupies what I call the God tier, and that is, of course, me El- by Elton John. Elton John. Yeah. The best book ever written in any genre. We know that, right? That's yeah. God tier. Below that, you've got Goodbye. Platinum tier, which I would include Phil Collins and Rod Stewart's books in, right? Right, yep. This occupies Gold tier, but I have not yet got to the end of it because I woke up on Saturday night and I read a load of it and then I read it most of yesterday as well because I was so into it and I've wow. got a cold, so it's been a good reading time. yeah. So I'll probably finish it later today, and then it it may have a chance of reaching platinum level if it carries on at the same pace. Is it is it is it deep diveable? It's potentially deep diveable. Yeah, excellent. I mean, it starts in the six. It starts in the fifties. He's living in South London as part of this Italian Cockney family, and I'm a big fan of the Italian Cockneys. Right. <laughs> in in London, growing up, you have all different sorts of Cockneys, and the my favourites are always the ones who aren't who are like a mix of foreign but also cockney. So mm. obviously Harry Enfield did did Stavros which is a great example and one of the first time someone sort of started to characterize these types of Londoners that you got that were sort of not originally from London but had fused their foreign accent with yeah. cockney. And I love any anyone who knows me will know that I really love Asian cockneys, right? Get lots of Asian cockneys in West London. <laughs> We've never stopped talking about how much you love the Asian cockneys. So. I love Asian cockney community. They're absolutely <laughs> on and great. On and on and on. He's always like, one of my <laughs> mates was a painter and decorator Asian cockney, and he went around in a van that said, "You've had the cowboys, now try the Indians." <laughs> right. <laughs> <coughs> But Italian Cockneys are absolute classic of the genre. Because they'll talk like that, innit? They'll fucking, hey, you stupid, a bloody bastard. Right? And he's, he writes about that in his book. Francis Rossi spoke like that because his dad was actually an ice cream van man from South London. That's what his dad oh, did. Right, yeah. He was an ice cream van right. man. And then they opened a sweet shop in Ballam. And he lived in this huge house with all these Italians um, who were all like mad, really intense Catholics, apart from his mum, who was Irish. So she was just as crazily Catholic, right? At one point, it gets pretty mad because she goes off to Italy for a while and comes back. No, she goes to America and she comes back and she's gone bananas and changed her name and they can no longer call her mother because she swears blind they're all immaculate conception kids and all this stuff. (laughs) Shit. And she says, from now on, you don't call me mum, you call me Annie, right? Which wasn't her name. Oh, it's a new name, But some weird shit had happened at some evangelical church in America. hell. And then uh, she split out with dad and, and like, basically, um, Francis Rossi, at this stage in his career, he'd, he'd gone completely mental too. I mean, it's well documented. He, he had a serious coke habit. And I've read a lot of memoirs where people, rock stars have coke habits. Probably the most memorable coke habit I've read about until now would have been Nile Rogers in his book, which is also oh, yeah. platinum level, right? Yeah, it is. And there's... And he goes fully, like, mad in that. And I thought, that's probably the worst coke habit I've read about. But Francis Rossi, I think, is probably next level, right? Fuck me. I mean, it yeah. is well, well known story. His nose actually fell out in the shower. Yeah. The whole interior of his nose. And I, I've just read that bit, and it's fucking ghastly, right? Christ. Um, 
Oh. But he, uh, there's this bit, he's got this huge house that he bought when they first got rich. They were so rich, like madly rich, right? Mm. Like unbelievable. It's just like checks just kept coming through the post the whole fucking time. They're selling so many records. So he bought this huge house, which he called something flashy like The Pines in Ballam, which is where <laughs> he'd sort of grown up. And he, he bought it like in 1970. He was still living in it until quite recently. But of course, because he, he was so mad on the gear, his wife had left him with all taken all the kids. Everyone had left him, and all he yeah. did was sit at home when he wasn't touring. He just sat home in this massive fucking mansion with all the curtains drawn, just doing coke on his the own. The only person the he had left was Rick Parfit. No, his even Rick Parfit and him were like Rick Parfit had, had his own coke problems either. and was off. Rick Parfit went out, was the party guy, and he was out. He bought Rolls Royces like you or I would buy fucking Tic Tacs, mate. Mm. Right. And he never had any money because every check they got, Rick Parfit immediately went and spent on cars or something like that. At one point, <coughs> he ran out of money, Rick Parfit, and was just living in the Holiday Inn in Chelsea full time, telling them that he'd pay his bill once he moved out, but yeah. trying to delay, delay the day he moved out because he didn't have any money. <coughs> didn't have anywhere to live, living in a Holiday Inn, mate. But anyway... Francis Rossi was just doing all this coke and the only other person living in his house was his mum because she'd come back from America, gone bananas, split up with his dad. She had no one either. So there was this massive mansion and the only two people living in there was this mum who had changed her name to Annie at the behest, she claimed, of Jesus Christ and just spoke in tongues and was balmy. And in another wing of the house, her son, the lead singer of Status Quo, who just <laughs> drank tequila and did cocaine from the moment he woke <clears> up to the moment he went to bed, which was rarely, right? And just drank cocaine by the, the uh, drank tequila by the tumblerful nonstop all day. Fucking hell! Because I mean, get, just getting back to Parfit, there you see Parfit had abandoned him because I was referring back to the the, the single "Living on an Island" from 1979, which we talked about on the Tune Machine episode yeah. we did yesterday which the chorus is living on an island working on another line waiting for my friend to come and we'll get high which yeah. there's no subtlety in that at all so no, I he know mentions that, that. Was... he actually mentions that specific line in the book yeah because yeah. Rick wrote that wrote that song and Rick sang that song and usually yeah, yeah. Francis was the but singer he, he, he was they, they both had similarly gargantuan cocaine habits habits Appetites. and they and they <laughs> And they both, um, but they were both, they didn't ever like fall out. They fell out with the other guy in the band, Alan, who was the bloke who'd found the, founded the Little band. Alan. Was, Little Alan. Alan was a, a nutter. Bit like, Alan he looks a, a bit like, um, he looks a bit like uh, John Oates from Hall and Oates, doesn't he? He's got like I'm going to look like him up because I don't know what he looked like. Hair mis- he died he recently. Was the, Al- he Alan was the, Lancaster. Oh, did he? He yeah. was the boss of the band. He formed it when right. they were at school and he was the hardest kid at the school, right? Right. And that's why Francis Rossi hung around him, because Francis Rossi got bullied for his Italian accent and girl's name. So he hung around with Alan, because Alan was small, but he mm. had a reputation for just being, like, the hard... Like, just a fucking really scary hard nut. And so Francis yeah. Rossi sort of hid behind him and really looked up to him. And then he and then Alan was totally in charge. He thought, yeah, right, we're in a band now. You're going to play the guitar, so you better learn it, right? Yeah, it was like be that. good. Yeah. But, he, but then when they got big, and then they met... They met Rick Parfit, uh, they did a summer season at Butlins, which sounds like the best fun ever. Like when he writes yeah. about in the 60s, they did this summer season at Butlins. It was like the best fucking laugh of all time. He be- he basically says that. He goes, it was the best like summer of my whole life. 
it, you yeah. know, I've had loads of great times since I've been a multimillionaire, but nothing beats that summer at Butlins. Yeah. And when <laughs> he was there, that. he met Rick Parfit, who was performing with some other act, like a cheesy trio with two sisters, right. singing a song called Babyface, right? Mm. But they got on because he was a bit, oi, oi, like they were, right? And so they said, well, you want to join the band with us, mate? You're all right, laugh. You don't be hanging around with them Dorises. So, yeah, all right. And then they became mates. But Alan was like, basically, as they got older, he still thought bands is, and he bullied them. And right. then in the 80s, they started trying to make more music with synth sounds that and uh, songs that were a little bit less overtly yeah. masculine. Al- Alan wasn't into Alan that Alan hated all, was that. He? Yeah. He went, oh, I could never... He went, how could I look my... How could I... You know, they did a song called Tequila Time. Or no, Margarita Time. Margarita. I love Margarita Time. It's a great so song. So Margarita Time... Francis Rossi wrote because he was feeling a little bit more playful yeah. and Alan was like you what I, I refuse yeah he went mental he was always like threatening them and stuff he was like, I will I will not sing that I will not appear on stage anywhere near that song being performed how can I look my family in the face again if I turned up and played a song like that so in the end they said look you got to leave the band mate you're mental <laughs> and, well, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page now of, of Alan Lancaster, who did die a couple of months ago um, from oh, complications of MS. It says, following Live Aid, Lancaster's relationship with Francis Rossi became increasingly strained when Rossi and Rick Parfitt covertly began recording a new album under the name Status Quo. <laughs> Un- unbeknownst to Lancaster by now living in Australia and the group's then recording company Lancaster was substituted by session musician John Rhino Edwards yeah, who had Rhino. been working on a solo project of Parfitt's and Edwards took over so they just carried on Alan Lancaster moved to Australia obviously there was massive yeah. differences between them because he, met, he met a woman he married a woman out there yeah. they just cracked on they just cracked on and uh, kind of went, went on without him out of sight, out of mind, kind of thing. Yeah, they didn't but, want to work with him anymore because they, yeah. they was he was just like he was very controlling and like I think he basically scared them because like yeah. they still from when they were kids thought he's a real hard nut and he sees the band as his own because it was him who'd formed it, a bit like Brian yeah. Jones with the Stones. It yeah, was his, his band, group. but then yeah. Keith Richards and Mick Jagger were writing all the songs, and in the end, the record company were like, "Look, to be honest, because Francis Rossi had tried to split the band up." And they only got back together because Geldof made them get back together. Geldof rang them up and said, "We're doing this song. Uh, you've got to come. It's for Christmas. You, you and uh, you and Rick have got to come." And he's like, "Oh, we're not really doing the band anymore. We split up. We've just finished our farewell tour. I don't yeah. give a fuck about that. Just fucking turn up at the fucking studio." <laughs> and so they sort of turned up for that, and it went quite well. And they, you know, obviously quite famously, they provided the coke for everyone yeah. there. Yeah. And uh, he said, everyone was lovely and did all our coke, apart from Marilyn, who is a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Which, if you cross-reference all the 80s memoirs of this era, is confirmed by many other sources. Yeah, yeah. But they got back together, the original four-piece got back together in about 2012 for some shows. And there's a brilliant documentary. This book must have been written before that, I think. Right. There's a brilliant documentary called Hello Quo, which is on Amazon Prime, I've just realised. And it's two and a half hours long. And it's directed by Alan Parker. No way. My old mate, Alan yeah. Parker. He's dead it's, now as well. I've seen an edited version of it before. It's been on... Um, oh, I don't know if it's the same Alan... Oh, yeah, probably is the same Alan Parker. Alan G. Parker, does he go under? I don't know. 
No, I've I never guess heard it will be. That. It will. It will be. It, it's a core documentary. It's going to be someone famous. No, it's I not. Guess. It's not made. It's a different one. It's an. It's Alan oh, Parker with an extra G. G that doesn't. That doesn't detract from the documentary. It's a really good documentary. I'll watch it. And it's on Amazon Prime, and they all get it's back funny, together. I'm looking at it's... these pictures of Alan Lancaster now, and like, I couldn't remember what he looked like when I was reading the book because when you read it on Kindle, you don't see all the pictures. Yeah, and until the end. And I and the way that he's written about you expect this. He does say he's small and he had small man complex, but you expect someone who is like small but like really yeah. really scary because that's the way yeah. Francis Rossi writes about him. And I'm looking at him now, and you're right, just like this diddly little guy with long hair and a fancy he does, cash. Yeah, but sometimes they're the worst. The little ones, they're the oh, most yeah. menacing. Fucking hell! So uh, I've had some dealings with little lads before that have <laughs> been pretty wild. So yeah, that's um, a really good watch. That documentary, I'd recommend that. Stick it on your list. One, one of the, I will definitely watch it. I haven't finished this book. So many mad things happen in it. Just one bit, in case we have a deep dive. It, I won't. You know, I've talked about him rattling around the house with just this crazy mum who swears yeah. blind that she never had sex. He was just born. Yeah. But um, he talks about being on tour, right? And he goes quite casually. He goes. He goes. Yeah, basically, um, there were obviously loads of groupies. He went, and I was always quite sensitive sexually, he went, which meant that I was married when I was quite young, but these really attractive women would sort of turn up at my hotel room, and I would always be like, I'd be putting on a front like, really, lads? He went, but like, I actually felt really weird about it, because mm. I'd always feel depressed afterwards, right? He went, and How I think that's true of a lot of rock stars, but you have to put on an act that it's all like yeah. water off a duck's back. And I thought that's a really sensitive thing for him to write, you know. And uh, But he went, to be honest, in the end, he went, we were doing loads of gear. All of us were just doing coke non-stop. And the non-stop sex with all of these women became quite tiresome. And in the end, we all preferred what we used to call a polish, which was what we called masturbation. He went, and in fact, a lot of the time, if we were all sharing a tour bus or someone had a, um, one of the roadies would have a, a blue movie. <laughs> he, went, before, yeah. he went, they'd just put it on. And he went, it was very common for us all to just like wank in the same room together. Right. And he just writes it really casually. And it was one of those things, Andy, that I had to go back and reread three or four times to make sure that I was understanding I really it properly. Yeah. I was like, is this right? Because it's a yeah. casual way. He goes, he goes, many's a time there was a dark room full of sweaty willies. He keeps calling them willies all the way through, right? He goes, <laughs> full of sweaty willies as we all just looked after ourselves. Sometimes, <laughs> he said, we'd be sat there doing it and there'd be the most drop-dead gorgeous groupies in the room putting their tits in our faces, right? And I'd, and, and I'd say to them, not now, love. Can't you see I'm having a polish? He went, it got to the stage where we all just preferred doing it ourselves than having women do it for us. And I thought, it was, it was, late, it was the night, I had a cold, I was woozy, I'd taken some night nurse, and I was, I don't, like I said, I'd only picked this book up because I was like, oh, I'll give it a go. And next thing I know, I'm reading about all of status quo, wanking themselves off in a room together while there were birds offering them sex and them saying, no, thank you, I prefer wanking. Get off of my willy, as Francis Rossi phrased it.
when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.